Welcome to the CTG Nation podcast, episode 42. This is going to be one of my individual reviews, so AAR3, about the South Carolina SWAT competition 2022 um, that we helped Valkyrie and Thomas and everybody else on his team uh, a bunch with. Um, So it was held up at the Sawmill Training Complex in Lawrence it used to be called the South Carolina Official Training Grounds. Um, it, it's been around for a while. Different uh, exchange, some hands, different management. They put some money into it, and it's a, it's a, in my opinion, it's a premier training facility um, that is conveniently in South Carolina for us. Um, so some of the teams that were there, uh, initially it started, I think we had like 10 to 12 teams, uh, People dropped out for whatever reason. We can speculate about that later whenever I get some some other people on here that uh, either participated or I get Thomas or Brewer on here. Um, we kind of openly talk about that. But anyway, ended up with five teams um, in Greenville County, uh, which is here in South Carolina, Iredell County, uh, just north of Charlotte in North Carolina, Spartanburg City, PD came, uh, Chester County. And the uh, Atlanta North Metro, which is kind of a new department that kind of broke away from APD, um, just with everything that they've had going on in Atlanta. So those were all these guys were great guys. It was, um, I mean, it was, it was good that there was just five people, five people, five teams, um because just because of planning it just worked better with it just being a smaller uh smaller competition like that if there had been 10 to 12 uh i don't think it would have worked as well just because of uh you know it being a first this being the first event that we've done um it's not the first that i've helped with but there's always nothing ever goes to plan right you know first contact with the enemy your plan just goes to shit um So yeah, like I said, it was up in Lawrence, up at uh, Sawmill Training Complex. If y'all haven't been up there, uh, I mean, it's it's amazing. They've had uh, Fieldcraft Survival up there before, uh, Sheepdog Response, just kind of the two big ones to me. Um, there's been plenty of other people that use that as their facility, plenty of other countries even that use that for training. Um I strongly advise y'all to just go to their website. I got it up right now, so I don't, uh, so the owner, Steve, won't get mad at me. Um, I've known Steve for a couple years, but he meets so many people um, that in, in what he did in his past life that just, I'm glad, I'm glad he landed here and has been able to help people locally. Um, that, and that's kind of our goal with like helping people in South Carolina, the Southeast, be that, you know, National Guard units, police departments. Um, or just individuals wanting to get better training for self-defense, even to, you know, do stuff with, uh, with females and female defensive tactics and all that. They do, they do a lot of stuff. So of course, when I do this, my internet starts acting up. So they've got a little bit of everything there. They've got, you know, 360 shoot pits. Um, they've got a long distance range that goes out to 1400 meters, uh, you know, approximately, um, when you first drive in, there's multiple large parking lots, dirt parking lots. They've since, uh, since the last time I was out there, um, 
built a lodge. So it has multiple, uh, you know, little rooms with bunk beds, multiple kitchens in there. There's a gym in there. Um, there's the main building that has the pro shop in it, uh, with, um, classrooms, um, cadre housing. Uh, I think there, I believe there's multiple safe room by safe rooms, just, you know, where you lock up your guns and stuff. Um, they've got, let's see, what am I missing? There's an unknown distance range. It goes all the way. The, the land is kind of elongated. So it's kind of goes down to a river. Um, so there's all type of terrain to train in, uh, multiple places to practice CQB and, you know, uh, in a kind of an open kind of shoot house where you kind of like build the walls. Um, what else? The CQB tower, as I always call it, but it's kind of a, you can kind of do a couple things off it. People repel off it. Um, you know, they shoot off the top of it. It's even built to where you can do CQB inside of it, which is one of the stages that I ran. Um, it was a lot of fun. Um, just to hit on the sawmill a little bit more before we take our first break here. Um, they do have VIP memberships, which there's a whole bunch of the entails with that, which is discounts on just gear and ammo and being able to bring uh, guests. They have open range days, open group training days. Um, it's just really amazing stuff that they got out there. And it's really awesome that South Carolina would even have um, something like that. All right, guys, so day one, of course, just started like any other competition or race that we've all been to. Those general check-ins, those some teams that got in the night before. I know I drove up there the night before after shift. Um, general safety checks. Day one, there was no live shooting, so nobody had, you know, make sure nobody's got any ammunition. Everybody's got the proper gear. Um, everybody still had, uh, you know, plates in their vests. Um, you know, so you're still running around in full gear, just no live ammo. Um, then we just had, you know, a little welcome brief, um, broke down the, the five teams where they need to be certain times, made sure everybody had those schedules, you know, either on their phone or, you know, they had a hard copy. Um, so that day, that first day, there was the O course, which I ran two teams in that, which that was. Uh, just bad judgment on my part, <laughs> not being prepared to run all that. Uh, we'll get into that in a second. Um, the other stage was repelling off a of repel tower there, um, which is the same as the CQB tower. I kind of flip flop with both of those. I didn't. I was not involved with any of the repelling, so we'll have to get somebody else to. If y'all are interested in that, get somebody else to talk about that. Um, but from what I saw, it was pretty uh, pretty comparable to any repelling you would have done at boot camp if you did it on a base level, and then anything above that. I don't know nothing about, so I'm not going to talk on it. Um, and then there was a breacher's lane, which I have a little familiarity with. Um, a little more of the firefighters helped with that. Um, that was a fun little lane. Um, they had kind of two kind of doors set up back to back where you had to kind of, you know, you're like you're cutting through some, uh, through some chain or a lock, get through a gate. Then you had to manually breach a door. Um, and there was one that you had to like saw through, like you're sawing through the deadbolt. Um, if I sound like an idiot explaining all this is because I don't do that and I don't know all the terminology for it, but I mean, it looked cool. we got some cool pictures of it. Again, we'll get some other people on here to talk about that. Um, because I don't know what I'm talking about. So 
like I said, I helped with the O course the most, um, just because that's what I was most confident with. Um, there was even like a grappling stage involved. Um, so I got a, I got a little bit of that. Um, so you started with your full team. Team sizes varied from five to nine members. Um, we'll have a little, a little hot wash at the end about some stuff we were talking about changing. And, you know, the, some of these, if it's time-based and you're, you know, there's some teams running with nine people on some other events, you're running with five, obviously that's going to make a time difference. Um, but we also saw in some cases where if you just got a team that's just fucking that good, it doesn't matter if you have five or nine, they're still going to, they're still going to beat you on time, which, um, Greenville County did several times. So O course starts, like I said, the terrain out there is, uh, very hilly. You're in the upstate of South Carolina, so you're getting, you're approaching, uh, you know, the, the quote mountains, um, so it's a little more hilly than we're used to, you know, from, it's usually about from like Clinton down. It's not as, not as hilly. So that's about midway through the state, all the way down to the coast. So, um, starting off with the run, it's basically a time, uh, timed event and, and that's it. Uh, there was no other scoring factors, um, within the O course. So it was approximately a mile and a half, um, down to the river, just as fast as you could, um, you got down there, we had, uh, multiple, uh, jujitsu players down there. I wasn't sure of everybody's belts, but I knew like three, I knew of three of the five that I believe were either brown to black, um, that kind of wrestled with some of the guys that got down there. So there was five of them. So if you had over five, you know, we tortured them another way. I think we did like bear crawls up a hill. Uh, for three minutes. So you're fighting somebody for three minutes. It was pretty standard for, you know, if you were in competition or anything. And we kind of advised the guys that were grappling to kind of work it um, as if, you know, they're trying to get control of your hands or the, uh, you know, the perpetrator suspects trying to get a hold of your gun, try to simulate those, just not crush the guys, kind of make it realistic. Um, So you had to run down there get, you know, de-kit, uh, so, you know, you took your vest, your helmet, your belt off, um, anything that could come off of you. I know some people's kit is always set up a little different. Um, go down there, fight somebody basically, and then you start running back. And of course, on the way back, uh, it's all uphill. So you found out who had been doing their cardio. You found out who was comfortable in your gear, their gear, uh, and who was comfortable, uh, you know, fighting somebody after you've been running, um, run all the way back. Then we actually get to the traditional O course that I always think of, um, where, you know, you're climbing over ropes, going through windows, running upstairs, you know, doing an I beam walk, all of that. And they have that set up stationary. That is a lane at the sawmill that's there all the time. So if I had to describe it, it's kind of a combination of, uh, kind of the pat test that we do here in South Carolina. Um, the traditional o-, o course that is ran by the Marine Corps and, you know, some other stuff that you've seen on, uh, you know, Benning or Jackson, nothing, nothing crazy, no water alligators, any bullshit like that. Anything that it's all realistic stuff that, you know, a SWAT member that w- would come across or any law enforcement for that matter. Um, then they got through that, um, with items. So they had like, um, some logs, some water jugs, ammo cans, and you had to get those 
through the course. So that's, so I did that twice. Uh, I ran it with Spartanburg City, who I'm very familiar with. Great group of guys, uh, younger team now um, from when I kind of first met some of those guys and some of my friends got on that team. Um, and then I ran with uh, Iredell County out of North Carolina, um, who, by the way, was uh, representing with God's plaid. Uh, amazing. Like everybody else is looking green or camo, and all of a sudden they got, you know, the, o- the OG Woodland. Um, good stuff. They were fun. Everybody was fun. Uh, it was a good time overall. So, um, and then just event wise, they provided lunch and dinner. That's always kind of a, kind of a perk during some of these events. So Chick-fil-A lunch, both days, dinner. I don't remember the company they used, but it was, uh, kind of like, it was kind of like Greek food, I think. Um, I mean, we were so tired and hungry after that first day. I mean, I didn't even get to do any interviews <laughs> or sit down and record anything. That's how busy we were, unfortunately. Um, hopefully, we can plan it more on the front end next year where, um, I mean, unless I want to, I don't necessarily have to run a lane and I can just sit down and have some great conversations with people, which is what I wanted to do. But, you know, I'm down to help Valkyrie any way possible. So, day two stages, and I only help with one of these, so I can only really go into detail about the one. Um, so we had a hostage rescue, which was inside one of the, uh, you know, artificial shoot houses where we can move the walls and everything. You got to go in there and breach and somebody's down, there's a shooter. Um, and that lane was actually ran by some of the guys we know at North American rescue. So anybody that listens to this should know that name. If you don't like, holy fuck. Um, so we have a relationship with some of those guys and we let them run the lane and, uh, that might have been one of the harder lanes. Uh, day two, I mean, besides the the O course on day one was kind of a break off. Repel, it's kind of easy. Breach, pretty pretty straightforward. You only got two guys. There's one team that ran it all with one guy. Um, so, you know, that's kind of a discrepancy we'd have to look at later, uh, just competition-wise. Um, then we just had, we just called them range one and range two that were on opposite sides of the range. One was more of a uh, nine hole and movement. Um, Corey, who's been on the podcast, ran that with one of his buddies. So he'd be able to tell you about that, but pretty, from what I saw is pretty straightforward. Just, you know, you're surrounded on three sides, do a nine hole, move up to target, um, full kit. And they timed that. Um, I'm not sure what they did with scoring off of, uh, rounds on target. Um, the second range, which was a, just hellacious stage that was kind of created in the uh, first day hot wash uh, between the cadre there at Sawmill and uh, all of us that volunteered to help with the event. I pretty much explained it as uh, if you ever did um, suicides in basketball or even in football where you go like five yard line, back to your start, 10 10 yard line, back to your start, 15 yard line, back to your start. Or basketball, you know, foul line back, midcourt back, next foul line back, all the way to the end back. And then, you know, basically like that with uh, with guns and gas masks. And uh, somewhere in the middle, you had to take apart your weapon and put it back together while you can't breathe and can't see. And, uh, yeah, it was described as hell by the team that actually ended up winning. And uh, some, of the, some of the better operators there, they got 
broke off, which we're, we're, we're all about. Um, so there's some that were just a suck fest, some were more technical, some were even more like, hey, we don't even do this, and it almost turned into a training sesh. Um, you know, after they went or they trained them at the front, and I know they did that with, uh, with repelling. And then my stage on day two was the CQB tower, which was basically... They put together, let's see, one, two, three, four, maybe like 12 long quad cons. Some were kind of cut in half. Basically creating a four-story structure. You know, there's stairs all over the place, ladders, uh, you know, big bay doors, small doors, open top. Uh, there's a kind of a simulated elevator shaft in there that could be um, utilized kind of in different training events. Um, but with mine, we kept it simple. It was basically just basic CQB and shoot and no shoot and you're against the clock. Our shooter, no shoot targets. You had people aiming guns at you, RPGs. You had some people with their hands up. Um, and then our kind of gotcha target at the end was a fella. It's far into the quad con, bad lighting. You know, it's all... It's all natural light coming in, whatever openings are on the quad cons. Um, and the dude was holding a black umbrella at, you know, port arms across your body. Uh, so at a distance, if you're not paying attention, he got popped. Um, only one of the five teams actually got him. So for every target you shot, I believe we had six to eight targets. Um, three to four of them were armed, three to four unarmed. Uh... Basically, the only penalty in there was if you shot somebody that you know, shot a target that is armed, that cost you 30 seconds. It was a good time. Um, we kind of we got to the point, um, the O course took up a lot of time um, on day one, repelling. They did a little instructional before and after. I, I don't know how they timed that event, so I'm not going to speak on it. Breacher's Lane was kind of the same thing. For all these stages, they were all slotted an hour. Um, none of these events took an hour. Um, I believe the hostage rescue was maybe like in the 20s because um, they had to do some some running around. It wasn't just clear the building, get the dude out. You had to run him somewhere else, come back. You know, that was about 20 minutes. You know, range one, range, range two, that's only going to be a couple minutes. Uh, CQB... I believe our fastest was about a minute and a half. Slowest is about five. Um, and that was just them kind of working through it and not really going against the clock as fast as they could. Um, so now just kind of getting into the, those were all the stages we did, kind of getting into the uh, kind of a review of the event. So we did, uh, you know, hot washes both days. So hot wash for y'all that don't really, know what that is just in just a little after class review after action review whatever you may call it just kind of what you liked what you didn't like uh different you know entities you know military law enforcement have different structure structural ways of doing this um but one of the biggest things was and just from a marketing perspective the word competition scares people away. Um, in law enforcement, they're really bad about, well, our department does it this way. 
um, and they're not really open-minded to, for changes, to better themselves, even though literally your fucking job is to serve and protect in the best way possible, you know, to keep you safe and the community safe. So why aren't you open to new ideas? It's just closed-minded bullshit that, that I know I personally fight every day. Um, you know, even, even in my department, which I'm extremely happy with, but it's just kind of on an individual basis where it's just closed-minded bullshit's going to hold you back. And it's people on the road, it's people in admin, it's people in training. It's, it's going to be everywhere for everybody. Um, you just kind of work around it the best you can. So biggest thing that we saw was that scared people away. Almost for every stage, there was kind of a debrief after every stage, um, helping people with their gear, with their tactics, um, getting into, Hey, this is making certain stages were more, you know, quote, realistic than others. Some were more of just like on a competition, um, kind of level, even though we don't want this to turn into, to, I know back in the day they had competition teams and not operational teams. Um, so we're trying to avoid that too. Um, at the end of all these stages, uh, we even let people practice and go back through. So for mine, I, so for the CQB tower on day two, a team technically, if you know, in the time it's never going to work out perfect, there's stuff that's going to happen. People are going to get hurt. There's going to be malfunctions. Um, so even though you're slotted for an hour, you're not going to be at a stage or a station for an hour, but there's a couple times where it was. So we let people, you know, go back through the CQB tower, work your way down. You know, you didn't approach from the right side of the building because there was stairwells to either side. Um, you had to backtrack on one. There was ladders on one. Um, you know, say you're doing CQB and your only way is up a ladder, you know, simulating an attic. How many, that's like one of the nightmare scenarios in law enforcement is having to get your ass up in an attic. What's going to be the best way to do that? Um, so we let them practice some of those things and just fucking how to make them better, how to set up their gear better, how to, Hey, you probably don't want to do this nine man team. You want to do this with, you know, a five, five member firing team. You don't want to do this with a whole squad. Um, so we have to look at marketing better because it wasn't just a competition. It was a workshop. It was a training event. It was, uh, for, you know, sharing ideas, uh, for camaraderie. Um, it was a lot more than just a competition. And I think if we had sold that better on the front end, we would have had more teams. Uh, then if we had more teams, I don't think it would have gone as smoothly as it did for a first year event. Some of the other basic things, obviously the, the lanes are going to change every year. Uh, I mean, there's always going to be a O course type thing. There's always going to be some long distance. Um, that was kind of an extra event that we had to work through. Um, you know, was it a bonus stage? Was it an individual competition? Was it a side con competition? Are you going to put that in with the overall score? Like those conversations, those conversations were had. Um, and depending on how, how good certain teams might do on certain stages, it makes a difference between, you know, placing and not placing or getting number one or not getting number one at all. Uh, not even being close, not even being in the top three. Um, because, I mean, the team that won, uh, Greenville, 
um, which personally that's who I was expecting to win um, from my knowledge of these teams. Uh, you know, they weren't, they weren't lost most of the time, but they also got, in the grand scheme of things in South Carolina, they got more training than everybody else that was there too. Um, from what I know, I might be wrong, but most people in South Carolina know that Greenville is a very large, reputable, reputable department. They've got a really big training division. They got their own SWAT school. Like it's the only one that I know of that has their own school where external agencies come in and pay Greenville to learn their shit. Um, let's see another thing. A lot of this stuff I'll go back through with, um, I mean, whoever else I can manage to get on here, whoever from Valkyrie or Sawmill or um, Control Chaos with Paul, uh, shout out to them real quick. They, he works with a lot of uh, the tar- departments around me uh, in the Midlands and with my department. Um, and he was with Chester County the whole time. And for a really young department that just got all brand new gear, there was a couple events where they went toe-to-toe with Greenville on some stuff. Um, and it was... It was really great to see how how badass a smaller department can be, um, you know, even compared to Greenville that has basically everything. Um, one of the big things with these competitions is just the internal works of it to where, you know, whoever your host site is and whoever your, you know, primary sponsors are and who's running it like Valkyrie there's got to be a lot of communication it's like hey uh maybe we need to get there a day early do dry runs on stages uh do dry runs for the whole competition um and you should do that in, in most training environments um you know you try to do as many dry runs as possible I mean we always hear about uh well maybe not everybody's heard about this but example Whenever, you know, the high-speed dudes out there, all the SF guys, they do, uh, you know, practice runs on hits they're going to do. Like, how many times, just look up how many times they, uh, you know, practice doing ops where they get, like, they get pictures of wherever they're going to raid. They, like, build a mock city or a mock building. Um, Just look at what they had to do to, uh, before they, when they practiced, before they went and got Bin Laden in Pakistan. Like they they knew almost the whole setup, um, so do that as much as possible, um, and then even within a competition, you got to do that to make sure that everything moves as smoothly as possible and as efficiently as possible. Because there's going to be other stuff that pops up. Like there was somebody that, uh, you know, that went down on the O course, um, kind of a heat exhaustion slash maybe drank too much the night before. But sometimes when you get the boys together, that's just what's going to happen. Um, some other quick notes here. I already hit on us, you know, turning it into more of a workshop training and, and camaraderie type event. And I mean, that's kind of, if you pay attention to our hashtags with, uh, CTG, I always put camaraderie training gear. That's kind of the con that's, that's part of the competition. Um, but like I said, we just got to do a better job of marketing that to people to get other com- more companies involved, more sponsorships involved, and get more teams there. And that's going to be, in my last post, that's going to be kind of what me, Bobby, and Kyle are going to help with the most. And then 
supplement with Valkyrie, whatever Valkyrie needs and whatever Sawmill might need. Because um, we're kind of the the plug-in in all this. We're kind of the we're kind of the plug, you know what I mean? Um, some other notes here. That uh some other ideas that people can uh or some other things you can expect. Um we're gonna look at pos and this depends how big the competition gets. Um maybe different divisions, um, first-time teams, um, out-of-state teams, you know, who's going to be the best team out of Georgia, who's going to be the best team out of North Carolina, who's going to be the best team out of South Carolina, and then who's going to be the overall winner. Um, will all those happen next year? Maybe, maybe not. Um, just some things we're looking at. Um, you know, we don't want everybody to get a trophy, uh, but if there's more teams, like certain teams and certain individuals need to be recognized for – for their performance. Okay. Um, this year we actually didn't have anything involved in dogs. I'd like to see something with the, with the canines involved. Um, our best sniper, um, stage was added into the, uh, the team score. Um, that's the thing where, you know, maybe that should be bonus points. Should, should it be individual? Should that be an individual competition? Should that be, um, incorporated into the team competition where you put those points and time and you put that together, maybe. Um, another thing, people didn't really know, they didn't really know the scoring system. They didn't really know, like, where do you sit after day one? So we're going to, you know, find some cool ways to put, like, a running scoreboard where everybody sits, time comparisons. Um, and then when you see that, that can also kind of help you, like, hey, who got the fastest time? What did they do different than me? What can I do for the competition? next time. Uh, maybe you can use some of those tactics in another stage. And then of course, using, um, those tactics, I mean, out on the street to do our job. Um, there's never enough, uh, safety officers, um, at these events and not even, don't even think of it like as a safety officer, but just there's, there's, almost never enough people like enough volunteers and Hey, go over here, go over there. Um, you know, having an RSO, uh, at least one S one RSO, like per event, we even had the idea of having an RSO, um, that was like assigned to a team. So I would be assigned to whatever team or I'd be like assigned to Greenville and I would just be like, their RSO for everything, um, and just kind of incorporate them with when you go stage to stage. Um, and then of course have an RSO, uh, per shooter for live shooting events. Um, just some, just some ideas that we're kicking around and what you can expect, uh, next year. I already talked about having individual awards, you know, possible top shot, uh, anything that's speed related. You could have like a rabbit award, best runner award, MVP, uh, you know, motivator, just, just be on the lookout for some of that stuff. Um, and of course I already mentioned us, uh, like it's not just a competition. Um, putting the workshop time and the training time within the event. So would you have it before or after stages? Would you maybe day one is, more of a training event, and then day two is all competition points. I don't know, just throw, throwing stuff out there. Um, and then, of course, I think the last thing is getting getting more sponsors. 
So, in these competitions, in the kind of cutthroat industry of tactical training and all this, and, you know, the big money being in federal money and not getting a lot of money out of law enforcement and stuff and getting grants and not having grants, having a, you know, a, uh, you know, motivated team or a motivated training department or motivated admin or whatever the fuck you want to blame it on. Um, getting sponsors is kind of the same as like getting grant money or, or grant money or scholarships, uh, or, you know, for school, for your department, for, for, I mean, for even your company, get grants for your company, get some free money. I and mean, that's always good. Right. Um, but sponsorships help with everything they can, if they're giving you, uh, you know, the gear equivalent of a certain amount of money. Um, I've helped with this, with other, other events that I've helped with. Um, they're, we're going to set up different levels where there's going to be, you know, gold, silver, bronze level, you know, gold is going to represent, you know, the most money and it's going to be less money as you go down. Um, are you going to, are you going to give money to the event? Are you going to give the money equivalent in gear to the event? Um, are you going to have, uh, you know, RSO uh, sponsorships where, like, you know, make sure all the RSOs get, you know, some free Gucci gear or whatever? Um, are you going to make sure every shooter gets some type of goodie bag? Like, hey, like, everybody's going to get a hat from CTG. Everybody's going to get a first aid kit from Valkyrie. Just not that that's going to happen, but just ideas, right? Um those sponsorships can cover team entries. They can cover ammo. Um, any type of cost that can, uh, you know, hold back a team from even participating. If you get those sponsorships, you get the money, the gear, the bullets, the food. You can offset and basically you, you can offset people not wanting to come because of whatever reason. It's like, oh, we don't have enough for lodging. We don't have enough for food. We don't have enough for bullets. Or you might have one, but you don't have the other. That can fill in those gaps for people. Um, and then, of course, the more free swag, the better. I mean, I've been to events where they're giving away guns. They're giving away silencers. They're giving away training classes. Anything you imagine in the tactical world, we're getting it. Um, so we're going to hit on that heavy next year. More teams, more companies, and then fine-tuning um, everything as needed. Um, hope you all guys like the review of the South Carolina SWAT Comp 22. I've already started the hashtag for SC SWAT Comp 2023, so be on the lookout for that. Um, anything on our page, anything on Valkyrie, anything on Sawmill and the other companies that were involved, um, just be on the lookout. One thing, we might be moving it a little later. Personally, I would like it to be a little later so it could be a little warmer. Um, but that's kind of just me being a pussy because I'm a cold pussy. Um, hopefully, I can get some people on within the next um, couple weeks where we'll be putting some other episodes out or we can get into other parts of the competition. It's just not just my one-sided, um, you know, my one-sided review. We can get Thomas on here. We can get Brewer on here. Corey. Uh, maybe we can get somebody from Sawmill. Um, maybe we can get Paul on here. We can get. And he's got some amazing stories for y'all that I'm sure a lot of y'all would like to hear outside of 
um, the competition if he's open to do that. Hope you guys enjoyed it. As always, make sure to share, subscribe, like, follow. Just do all the things for all the pages. Everybody I just talked about, because that's the only way these little, the well, I, I say little, but most of us are little companies. Um, most of us don't do this full-time. I don't do CTG full-time. Uh, Thomas doesn't do Valkyrie full-time. Uh, not everybody that's involved at Sawmill is full-time. Some of them are, but you know they got some 1099 players in there, just like all of us do. Um, so that's the biggest way for all of us to grow uh, and to network. Um, and just be better, you know, in our civilian jobs till next time, guys.